MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please have a seat, everybody. Thank you very much. What a delightful, delightful crowd. Delightful crowd. I can I can warm myself by you. That is that is delightful. Welcome one and all in here, out there, to the late show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. I want to start off. Start off by wishing everybody a happy President's Day. Or as the GOP would say, no, it's not, because the pillow guy has evidence of millions of illegal days hacked into the calendar by dead Hugo Chavez. The question is, obviously, every year, which president are we celebrating? Check your local diner placemats, because depending on which state you live in, the day could honor the first president, the first and third presidents, the first and 16th presidents, or all presidents. But as a traditionalist, I believe today we honor George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Rutherford B. Mattress Sale. (laughs) Of course... If you happen to be president on this President's Day, wouldn't want to be a... (laughs) Because Russia continues to be Russia. They have been amassing troops around Ukraine for weeks. And this weekend, President Biden said that Putin has made the decision to invade. Plus, U.S. intelligence says an order has been given to Russian subordinates to proceed with a full-scale attack. That sounds bad, but there might still be time to stop the invasion because the big Russian general has to tell the slightly smaller Russian general who has to tell the slightly smaller Russian general and so on. They can't find the tiniest commander because he was eaten by the dog. U.S. says Russia's looking for an excuse to invade, so people got pretty nervous on Saturday when Russian separatists started shelling Ukrainian army positions, which U.S. officials warned could be the prelude to direct Russian military action. Now, call me old-fashioned, but once you're shelling, that's pretty much direct military action. (laughs) Hey, hey, slow down, you two. I'm worried this getting completely naked and bumping junk might lead to direct sexual action. Russian officials... I don't know what that scenario is while I'm watching it while it's happening. (laughs) I'm a referee? I don't know. I hope I have a whistle. Ukrainian officials and outside observers say the shelling came exclusively from the separatists, but the Russian separatists claim there was shelling from both sides. It's a real... He shelled... She shelled by the seashore. (laughs) Yesterday, he shelled... He shelled... He shelled, he shelled, she shelled. He shelled, she shells. Yesterday, the White House said Biden has agreed to meet with Putin in principle as long as Russia does not invade Ukraine. Okay, but that seems to go without saying. It's like a wedding RSVP that says, will you attend? Yes, no, sure, as long as Chuck and Katie don't invade Ukraine. <laughs> this potential summit is the brainchild of French president and man practicing crotch diplomacy. Emmanuel Macron. (laughs) Macron wants to get the three of them together. That's the French for you. Always trying to start a menage a trois. (laughs) Vladimir, Joe, you know, it just occurred to me. Why don't the two of you over the 
privileges. I'll just sit here and I'll watch the two of you <laughs> kiss him. The... <laughs> Poor French. The... <laughs> the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, faced the nation yesterday and reiterated the president's willingness to meet. President Biden has made very clear that he's prepared uh, to, to meet President uh, Putin at any time, in any format, if that can help prevent a war. Any format? I vote karaoke. <laughs> Vlad, we can work this out with the power of music. Let's do shallow. Tell me something, Jack. Come on. <laughs> don't, don't actually know how to sing that song, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, tell me something, Jack. Come on. Yeah. How's that go? Yeah, uh, that's shallow. Oh, yeah. Let's get shallow. Sling it, sling it. Lincoln wasn't the only one facing the nation's face. Russian ambassador to the U.S. Anatoly Antonov was also on yesterday to tell Margaret Brennan that there was no reason to have him on. There is no innovation and there is no such plans. Russian troops are on a sovereign Russian uh, territory. We don't threaten anyone. Yes, Russia's not threatening anyone. That's just how they show affection over there. <laughs> In Russia, if a boy surrounds your house with tanks, that is a promposal. <laughs> Antonov also doubled down on the lie that Russia is withdrawing troops. You see that we did a lot of to withdraw our troops from various regions that are very close to Baltic states, uh, to uh, Eastern European states. We uh, withdraw a lot of troops from Kaliningrad uh, area, and nobody even uh, said us uh, thank you. Wow. I, uh, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right at all, does it, John? That is just rude. No, thank you. How hard would it have been for the Lithuanians to send a nice card that said, thanks for not invading? <laughs> Doesn't look like. Sure. We should do a thank you note. That would be a good bit. That would be a good bit. It doesn't look like Putin is anxious to attend this summit because today he abruptly summoned his security council. You can tell it made them nervous by how far away from him <laughs> they sat. According to mm. Putin, this meeting was a surprise as he told them. Every one of you knows, and I especially want to underline it, I did not discuss any of this with you before. I did not ask your opinion before. This is happening spontaneously, because I wanted to hear your opinions without any preliminary preparation. And please be honest, do you believe I am right on the matter of Ukraine, or would you like to come admire the view out the window? <laughs> Look how far the street is. The meeting caused tension for just about everyone. Look at this actual comment on the YouTube live stream. Please do not start a frickin' war. We need Bitcoin to go up. <laughs> finally. Yeah. That's right. Finally, finally, an appeal for sanity. This violence could affect our fad purchases. It's like those famous protest signs during Vietnam. Make love, not higher prices on sea monkeys. Just hours after his surprise meeting, Putin gave a speech recognizing the independence of Moscow-backed breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine and calling the eastern part of the country ancient Russian lands. So they're independent, but they also belong to Russia. Putin's just living the spirit of the old saying, if you love something, let it go. If it doesn't come back, surround it with 190,000 troops, then ask it again. 
after the announcement. <laughs> just, just gets it. Just gets it. After the announcement, state television showed Putin at the Kremlin signing decrees recognizing the so-called Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics. He also signed friendship and mutual assistance treaties with the new fake countries. Mutual assistance means he's creating his own three-country defense pact. We've got NATO, he's got Invado. <laughs> he's already ordered Russian troops to go in as peacekeepers to defend his made-up puppet countries. Now, keep in mind, last week, Secretary Blinken warned that such a move would necessitate a swift and firm response from the United States in full coordination with our allies and partners. Swift and firm. So immediately after this announcement, the United States brought the hammer down on not Vladimir Putin. Instead, we will impose limited economic sanctions on the two separatist regions, but would stop short of imposing any penalties directly on Russia for now. That's right. We're cracking down on the economy of eastern Ukraine. <laughs> so get ready for higher prices on bleak. Thankfully, the other major international conflict has ended. The Winter Olympics closed last night. And in the spirit of sportsmanship and global harmony, let's boo the team that beat us for most medals. Norway! Boo! Boo, Norway! I hate something. I will learn about you later. What do they have? Pickled herring! Boo! Stupid, salty fish. Boo, licorice! Of course Norway won the Winter Olympics. They invented winter. <laughs> Americans would dominate if it was the getting in a fistfight over stake at the Golden Corral Olympics. <laughs> it's Norway. It's Nordic sports. Nord is in their name. This is like losing a swimming contest with Aquaman. <laughs> the top five gold-getting nations were Norway with 16, Germany with 12, China with nine, than the U.S. and Sweden with eight each. Yeah, we tied Sweden! But we still win, because they have to assemble their own medals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have pieces left over. I have left... I don't why the... Some athletes got more than a medal, like one Finnish cross-country skier who suffered from frozen penis. Or is this known by its official medical diagnosis? Chilly Willy. Poor guy. Poor guy. We're laughing at this man's frozen penis. The frozen penis in question is presently attached to winter athlete Remy Lindholm, seen here wishing his penis was warmer. How did this dongsicle come about? Lindholm spent over an hour skiing in howling freezing winds, leading to his penis becoming frozen for the second time in a cross-country skiing race. This has happened before, and he kept skiing. If being in the Ed Sullivan Theater gave me frozen penis, I would not be surprised. It is very cold in here. Lindholms. Everybody okay? Everybody? Everybody okay? All right? You okay over there? Yeah. Lindholm's frosty groin was so bad, after the race, he had to use a heat pack to try to thaw out his appendage. Okay, you gotta do it. Remember, never let your penis defrost on the counter. Put it in a bowl of water in the fridge. Salmonella. Now, if this all sounds painful, yes. 
As Lindholm said, when the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. As opposed to bearable frozen penis? <laughs> hey, man, I heard your penis froze. Yeah, it was okay. Anybody need to hang a towel? <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Up next, a non-fungible update. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. John. John, I got. I, got, I want to ask you about your weekend in just a moment, because I want to ask about your Saturday night in just, oh, yeah. j- just a moment here. But I hold in my hands uh, uh, the, the questions here for our guest tonight. The wonderful, the talented, really a wunderkind, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is here. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the house. Wow. It's going to be a good night. Who, because of something one of my writers said about 10 years ago and couldn't remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt's name and called him Gor- uh. Uh, Jordan Gebbin Lewitt. <laughs> Wait, Jordan Gebbin Lewitt? called him Jordan Gebbin Lewitt because he couldn't remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. And I will never forget the name Joseph Gordon-Levitt because I'm a huge fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But in my mind, every time I say Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I'm thinking Jordan Gebbin Lewitt. (laughs) (laughs) He knows this. This is nothing. I've told him this before. Um, John, here's what what I want to know about you is that I know on Saturday night uh, you played in uh, an extraordinary, uh, daring uh, program at Carnegie Hall. Tell the people what you did. Tell them about streams. Yes, I I um, went on stage with just the piano. And the piano was already there, right? You didn't bring the piano with well, you. Well, it was there. Got it. Good. Yeah. But the music wasn't. It was completely improvised. Ninety minutes. Wow. Ninety minutes. And why? I'm just curious. Why? Like why? Why? What, what, where, where did this come from? It's something very transcendent about allowing yourself to be a vessel in the moment for the music that's always in the air. Yeah. It's always there. It's, it's a current that's, that's there. You can dip into the stream, the stream of consciousness. We do it with, with our dreams, with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. But to do it with music, it's terrifying, but it's also incredibly transcendent. It can be a way to give that to the people so when they leave, they can live without judgment, they can live free and truly exist. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's the difference between us. You like to improvise, and I like to read these questions off the card over here. Well, see... <laughs> I don't know about full that. Full circle, baby. I think, that's I full think circle. you know about All that. All right, come on now. <laughs> Folks... 
It's a sad fact that across the country, classrooms are chronically underfunded. American biology textbooks are so old, the first chapter is about humors. <laughs> My alchemist says I have too much bile. Well, I want to help. Regular viewers may remember a few months ago, I explained to America what NFTs, or non-fungible tokens, are. In short, you see a digital thingamabob that you want to buy, like a picture or a song. Then you purchase it using online uh, cryptocurrency. Then your proof of purchase is stored on a secure digital ledger called a blockchain. Then you explain to your wife that you can't go to Hawaii this year because you bought a picture of a bored monkey. And NFT auctions can raise some serious coin. An NFT picture of the cape John Lennon wore in the movie Help just went for $12,800. Because when John Lennon sang Imagine No Possessions, he could never have anticipated the thrill of owning an avatar of manufactured scarcity on an encoded blockchain. <laughs> well, at the end of explaining all this on the show to you last year, I wrote out my explanation of NFTs on a paper bag that my lunch came in that day so that we could offer that bag for auction as what I called an AFT, or actual thing. <laughs> well, long walk. A long walk to get that way. <laughs> well, the auction has closed. And I'm happy to announce it raised some actual money, namely over $33,000. To Rich's story. And I am proud to announce that 100% of all that money went directly to Donors Choose, where it has already helped fund classroom projects across the country, like building solar ovens and hydroponic systems. Actual things. Donors Choose. Donors Choose is doing so much good work, experts say they could bring our school system to the brink of functioning. And now, I'm happy to present to you an update to our update because another company is hopping on my donation train. The UK metaverse marketplace, Terra Virtua, has designed a very special NFT to support donors choose. And here he is. It's an NFT of me holding my AFT <laughs> that explains NFTs. This little fella is called the Colbert V-Flect. There will be a limited run of them available, and you can buy your own unique Colbert V-Flect NFT to put in your TikToks and your Insta faces and your Ugrams. <laughs> and he's pretty easy to care for. Just once a day, spritz your laptop with a little bourbon. <laughs> Here's the best part. It's all hosted on the climate-sustainable blockchain Polygon, which they say is 99.99% more carbon-efficient than Ethereum, which I believe runs on ground-up panda bones. And to get yours, go to terravirtua.io slash Colbert. Terra Virtua is donating 100% of the proceeds to donors choose. So you can feel good about helping kids. Hell yeah, why not? Why not? Go get one of these bad boys. Go get one of these bad boys, and you can feel good about helping kids in public schools, and I can feel good knowing that when I die, at least I'll live on in a folder marked miscellaneous on someone's desktop. Coming up, Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to The Late Show. Folks, my guest tonight has starred in some of your favorite movies, including 500 Days of Summer, The Dark Knight Rises, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. He now plays the co-founder and former CEO of Uber in the new Showtime series, Super pumped, the battle for Uber. Austin! How's it going with our future drivers? You're getting them? Got a bunch. Did you settle with the city? Oh, no, 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 we're not settling with the city. We are taking this city! Oh, you sure, TK? You know what they say about fighting City Hall. See, this is the thing about changing the world. The world never wants to change. It's gonna dig in its heels and tell you no and try to crush you. Fortunately for us, we are in the world-changing business. At least I am. I was built for this. They want to fight. Oh, I love to fight. You want to know who wins fights? Whoever wants it more. And who do you think wants this more? Them? Or me? Please welcome back to The Late Show, Joseph (laughs) Gordon-Levitt. something I've experienced my whole life and I've been away from it. I haven't been in front of an audience in I don't know how long. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Wow. He's nice. Also a good one. A good one. And a good audience. audience. The best. The best best audience audience I've ever been in front of in my life. (laughs) Clearly. There you go. There you go. Now, uh, okay, so let's talk about Travis Kalanick. Mm -hmm. He was the the, uh, co-founder and former CEO of Uber. Right. He was obviously loved by a lot of people and hated by a lot of people. No longer with the company, right? Right. No no longer with Uber. He He left. He 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 left a few years ago. What was it like to play such a divisive figure, a disruptive figure, which is not always a compliment? Yeah, and it would be a compliment to him. He loved talking about disruption. That's one of the favorite words in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. And, and look, disruption can be a good thing. You invent something new and it's useful for people, but it depends on at what cost is that And this is one of coming. the most iconic internet disruptions. I would say Uber and maybe Airbnb might be two of the most famous things that disrupt an existing industry. Yeah, this is a startup that grew faster than any other company in the history of companies. He's a champion, he's like Michael Jordan. Wow. And so he deserves a certain amount of praise and look. And he gave it to himself. Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) And I, but he also did a lot of things that are really questionable. He made some decisions that had a lot of negative impact on a lot of people. And this show does not shy away from showing those things. But you know, my job as an actor, I'm not a journalist, right? So it's not my job just to say what happened. It's my job to say how it felt. And Mm -hmm. I think he was 
a really exciting guy to be around, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and there's good parts of that and bad parts of that. You know, there's some, probably some people that have done some pretty bad things in the world, <clears throat> like the president we elected in 2016, who, uh, you know, uh, was pretty exciting to be around, you know? Sure, sure. But just because someone's exciting to be around doesn't mean that they're uh, doing the right thing. Sure, a fire in a fireworks factory, also very exciting. Yeah, you don't exactly. want, to be around it. <laughs> want to be around it. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to show you something. Um, uh, we actually had him on. We had Travis Kalanick on here. Oh, I in, watched it. In 2015. You saw, you saw that. Of course. But you didn't actually see, there was something we didn't show anybody what? that night, is that you said like a lot of people got mad at him because he was disrupting the livery service and, and cabs. You know, the cab service yeah. is that someone from I, a, a, a cabbie or someone from the, the cab driver's union was actually here that night that we had him on. Uh, and uh, this is what happened, Jim. Whoa, really? First of all, am I working for you? If I'm an Uber driver, do I work for you? You work when you want, how you want, with but your am I actually, car. Am I your employee? Oh, yeah. Those are people, hold on one second, those are people, I didn't invite them no. here, but what do you got, what's your complaint? Uber exploits taxi drivers for profits and kills professional full-time work in the taxi industry. Okay, I heard you, and I will ask him that question. Will you sit down? Thank you. That's my cousin, I apologize. <laughs> So I, so I did ask him that question. Okay. I did ask him that question yeah. about it. And just for the, for the record, anybody home, uh, we didn't put that on the air because you're not allowed to come here and yell at my guests. That's my job. Yeah, I've, oh, I had never seen that. If you do that, but here's the thing. But is th- that... What that guy is saying is fair. Okay. There are laws in place that Uber was systematically breaking that are there to protect labor. And those laws are there for a reason and they should be there. Right. And, and that was what, he wasn't just disrupting a business. He was indistru- disrupting a way of life and breaking the law by doing Uber it. Uber was systematically breaking laws. Uber was having teams of engineers writing software that could break the law over and over again thousands and thousands of times. Wow. So, that, so illegality was in the business model. Yeah, they were spending investor money to build software to systematically break the law and avoid regulations. And their argument was... Well, those regulations are wrong, so we don't have to obey them. But that's not how the law works. You don't get to decide which ones you obey. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless, again, you're the president of the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's, it comes with membership has its exactly. privileges. Exactly. Exactly. More with Joseph Gordon-Levitt after this. With the star of Super Pumped on Showtime, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you founded a company called uh, Hit Record. Mm-hmm. Um, how many years ago? 2013, 2014? You know, it's been through many iterations. It didn't start as a company. It was this little hobby I was doing with my brother many years ago. Yes. And then we started it as a company in 2010. But then we wanted to build some better software, so I actually raised venture capital money and did the whole tech startup thing starting just a couple years ago. Well, what, what, did, what did that give you in terms of your appreciation for this guy? Well, it did make me appreciate how good he was at what he did. Like, this guy raised more money from investors than, like, anybody. And I've been in those rooms 
and pitched investors. And we actually did those scenes in the show. There's, there's a scene in the show where Travis is pitching investors, and it's actually a montage on, on our show. And the Beastie Boys are playing. And in a montage, you know, the dialogue's not written because it's just going to be music. So the sure. actors have to improvise. So I was improvising in this pitch meeting. And I was just bringing out all the jargon that I've learned over the last few years. Hey, I was hey, like, hey, I was talking about, you know, customer acquisition costs and lifetime value and monthly active users and churn rate and all these things as the Beastie Boys blare. And they say cut and the other actors turn to me and they're like, did you do crazy amounts of research for this? How do you know all that crap? And I was like, no, I live it every day. Now, you have a very specific walk in the show. You have kind of a, walk. a tech bro walk uh -huh. and I'm curious like, it's kind of like, you know, chicken wings out, chest forward. <laughs> I'm just curious, could you give me a little taste of what, what, <laughs> what the... It's true, you gotta spread the wings. You spread the wings. Is that what it's called? Spread the wings. Give me a taste, give me a taste. Oh, I mean, like, I learned this. So I did, who who I, walks like this? Like, this is all I, just... I did a movie called Don John, sure, where I, I was playing, like, yeah. a guy who's in the gym all day. You have to spread the wings. All it means is you put the elbows behind your back, you spread the wings. It shows yep. you're like, it's gorilla stuff. Yep. It's, you know, like... <laughs> But look, what, like that, yeah. That so that you can, so you can, <laughs> hey. What's going on? Hey, what? right, come on, oh, okay. Stephen Colbert, listen. <laughs> <laughs> but look, this is the thing, I, 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 this guy really, did I hurt you? <laughs> you had to spread the wings, I told you, spread the wings. Yeah. No, the, the truth is also, I got to know a lot of people that worked closely with him and who had a lot of really positive things to say about him. We have to take a little bit of a break, uh, but stick around when we come back. I will ask Joseph Gordon-Levitt if the story of Uber is about a bigger story about Silicon Valley's excesses. <laughs> Super pumped on Showtime, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mark Cuban's in this film. Yeah, yeah. It, and 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 I understand that you had something to do with Mark Cuban being in this film. Mm -hmm, Mark Cuban. Because Cuban, he famously, did he invest? He invested in Travis's company before Uber, which is called Red Swoosh, and he passed on Uber. And I gave him kudos for taking the high road because he predicted you're not going to be able to make this a successful business without breaking the law. And wow. lo and behold, he was right. He's Mark Cuban. I love Mark Cuban. Shark Tank is my show, dude. Shark Tank. I'm telling you. Uh, so, but how'd you get him to come on? Okay, so Brian Koppelman, who's one of the creators of this show, Creative Billions, he's friends with Mark Cuban. He was going to have a drink with him. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a video pleading for Mark Cuban to come play himself. And super pumped. So I made a little video on my phone. I did like 10 takes of it, I'm like getting this right. I told you I'm a fan. And uh, I told him, you know, all about how important it would be and how much it would mean for me for him to come do the show. He makes a video and sends it back to me. <laughs> and he's like, really sweet. He's like, I think you're such a great actor, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want me to do the show, you're gonna have to kiss up a lot more than that. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. Wow. So I was like, Ah, damn, he's not gonna do it. That's his like nice kind of jokey way. And I told my wife, my wife and I are both big Shark Tank fans. I told her, I was like, he's not gonna do it. He made like a, a funny joke, but he's not gonna do it. And she said, why, what did he say? I told her what he said. And she's like, babe, he said, yes. He said, you have to kiss up more. So just kiss up more. This is very my wife. So like. And is it, we have a video here. Is this you kissing okay, up? Okay, so I made, a, I made a second video. And I was like, how am I gonna kiss up to Mark Cuban? Oh, he owns the Dallas Mavericks. 
Jim. I made him this video. I was born and raised in L.A., grew up watching Magic and Kareem, listening to Chick Hearn. And so you can understand how big a deal it is for me to do this. Go Mavs. Back in 2011, Western Conference Finals. The better team won. Dirk Nowitzki's amazing. Go Mavs, go Mavs. And have you seen their owner? So handsome and intelligent. <laughs> Is that kissing up enough? Come do the scene. Are the people in Los Angeles forgiving you? <laughs> they they, they didn't know about it. <laughs> now you have to apologize yeah, to the people well, in Los Angeles. Did Mark Cuban go. do the show? Tune in and find out. There you go. There you go. Okay, um, it, it's part of an anthology that Showtime is doing, Super Pumped. Mm. Um, another installment uh, will cover Facebook. Right. I understand. Um, do you see Uber as part of a larger story? Yes. In fact, I'm actually really glad you asked that because to me that's a big part of what's important about doing this show is it's not just about Travis Kalanick or Uber. It's about a larger trend we see coming out of Silicon Valley, but also out of the entire business community that... When a company is only responsible for quote-unquote shareholder value, when all they have to do is make money, and it doesn't matter who is affected, who they have to step on, or what laws they have to break, if they're making money, then it's cool. That's not going to work. That just leads to doom. We're driving off of a cliff. There has to be more than just making money. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Right? I mean, there are laws. Yeah. There are laws, but the laws have to be enforced. That's, I think, yeah. one of the problems is that the people who have made all the money keep the elected officials from actually enforcing the laws that were passed. Yeah, there's this thing in our country where if you're making enough money and you can do it fast enough, then the lawmakers, like, won't catch you or something. Or they can't catch up with the way that you're breaking the laws because yeah. you're, you know... Uh, John Kennedy, when asked about his father, who was accused of being a bootlegger during Prohibition, he said, did your father break the law to get his fortune? And he goes, no, but many laws were written because my father made his fortune the way he did. <laughs> uh -huh. And in the same right. way, and, and we need legislators who are willing to make laws that face some of the realities that you're describing in the show. We need a government that can work a lot faster than it currently does to keep up with Silicon Valley and the other yeah. businesses that are doing what they're doing. It was lovely to see you. Thanks Thank so much you. for being here. Thanks. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.